0: Welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host Mads and I hope you've been enjoying the show so far. If you have, please remember to leave me a review, rate the show and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. This week I am joined by author and Vogue columnist Annie Lord. Annie has written for a number of publications including Vice, The Sunday Times, The Independent and she now has a dating column in Vogue which is very exciting. Annie joins me in this episode to speak all about her brilliant new book, Notes on Heartbreak, which I fucking adored and chewed through cover to cover. The book is a fierce, honest and raw love story told in reverse, beginning with a devastating and unexpected breakup. As Annie goes through the rollercoaster of a broken heart, her beautiful memoir revisits the past, from the moment she first fell in love, the esoteric jokes and deep tangle of lives in a long-term relationship, to the months that saw the gradual breakdown of a five-year-long bond. I have to say, I cried a few times reading it, both happy and sad tears. It's a stunning exploration of love and heartbreak, and the book is so much more than one about a singular breakup. It is an unflinchingly honest and candidly written story of the simultaneous joy and pain of being in love. If you've ever been through a breakup, this one's for you, a book about the best and worst of love, the euphoric and the painful, the beautiful and the messy. I hope you enjoy our chat because I loved it.
1: Hello, Annie. Oh, thank you for having me. I've got a bit of a cold, um, <laughs> so my voice is like ten decibels lower than normal. But that's probably makes it sound a bit nicer than it usually does.
0: I do love that. It makes it interesting for a podcast to have someone with a husky. voice Yeah, and
1: so. <laughs> only, I suppose like there's a slight risk it could just completely disappear halfway through. But
0: it's going to peter off into nothing. Um, I have just finished reading your book Notes on Heartbreak, which um, thank you so much for sending it to me. And I'm super excited for us to get stuck into. To our chat all about it because it's absolutely brilliant so oh, thank you so much I, I want to know first up what gave you the idea to write notes on heartbreak and the structure of the book is a bit different to a normal love story so I'm just mm. really interested to know
1: what inspired it and what's inspired the structure yeah I mean I think I feel like I really couldn't have written a book about anything else at that time because I was so consumed by the breakup and that's all I would think about and yeah I like I didn't really do any other work it just really you know those things where you sort of wake up in the middle of the night and you're like scribbling things and yes yeah it just completely took me over so it wasn't I don't even know if I ever felt like inspired or ever it just felt like a bit inevitable Mm -hmm. but in terms of the structure like I very much wrote it kind of stream of consciousness sort of way where you know it's it's very noty but it kind of did come out like that and the obviously there's me in the present processing the breakup and going through all the horrible stuff like getting weird haircuts and like ringing people (laughs) drunk and being messy and all that stuff but then you know the other part of it sort of drifting back into memories of our relationship from the beginning towards the end like that kind of is how you think about breakups and process them when you're going through them like you do sort Mm. of look back constantly at what it was like at the beginning and um so, yeah, obviously, like, I sort of formalised that structure, but it was kind of... The messiness of it is kind of reflective of my messy brain at that time.
0: I think it's so cool, because, like you said, you're you're drawn back to the reality of it when you're going through a breakup and you feel the pain and you're, you're like, living in that moment and just feeling like shit, but then... Your brain is also living in the past because you're remembering, you're trying to remember all the bad stuff to make it easier, but then you keep, and then something will remind you of, you know, like a movie will come on or a song will come on and it'll remind you of all the good times as well. And you're like, oh, go away. But then you don't want to yeah. forget those good times either, because there's a part in the book that you speak about when, um, you know, people are telling you negative things about your ex, and you don't want to lean into that because you want it to stay as this like perfect thing that it was at the time. Yeah,
1: completely. Like one of the things that mm. made me feel most depressed, like after the breakup, was like speaking to friends and be talk. They talk about their exes and be like, "Oh, they were such a dickhead," and da 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 da. And it just mm. it made me feel so sad to think that like I was going to get to that point and that you it's always like to get over someone it feels like you do have to get to a point where you completely sick of them you hate who they are and that just mm. made me feel really sad because it's like it, you wish you could it would be so nice if you could have all the good memories and like cherish those and move on at the same time um yeah <laughs> but it's so hard to do that it does make it so much easier to just be like oh I hate them like Yeah, just latch onto the bad stuff in order to heal from it. But
0: I wonder if when you get to a point, because I think I'm at a point now where I can look back with my ex. I went through a breakup last year Mm. and you sort of think of all the things, like you can think of the good things and it's not bad. So I think of things like, oh, because we were housemates in lockdown and we were friends and then fell in love. And so I sort of think like, oh, maybe COVID wasn't so bad because... You know, I had my own little love story. I wasn't really bothered by it. I feel like I can look at that stuff now. Do you think you can look at your experiences
1: now, reflecting on it and having written the book
0: and everything? Is it easier now?
1: Yeah, completely. I mean, I actually did think that... Obviously, I went through points of, like, so much anger and really resenting him Mm -hmm. and, like, Mm -hmm. only thinking of bad stuff. Mm. But I think I did really work to not get to that point where I had... I could only get over it by, I think, focusing on the bad, and, like, I -hmm. think the book definitely helped with that, like, it was, was almost, like, doing therapy, or, like, journaling, like, because, you know, just processing all your feelings, and, and, like, knowing that that's how you're coping with it, like, how, that, me writing that down re- made me realize that was how I was coping with it and that does just make you less like to rely on those things and um yeah like I totally look back with like really fond memories and like now it's weird because like I am so over the breakup and like I'm I think now completely see it was like the best decision yeah but it's funny now like I was still like Just, you know, like, gets, like, a weird sick satisfaction over, like, walking down the street listening to, like, Lana Del Rey and, like, Mm -hmm. thinking of him. And it's, (laughs) it's, now it's, like, now it's, like, kind of a fun pain because I feel so in control of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, like, being a bit, like, nostalgic and silly. Um, Yeah. I think I will feel, like, another stage of grief, I think, when I get to the point where I think back and I just, like, really feel nothing. Do you know what I mean? Which I think probably will only happen once I've, like, fallen in love again, which hasn't happened yet. But, like, rumour has it that that changes that.
0: (laughs) Also, there's a part in the book where your mum speaks about how, you know, she had a romance as someone, as a young person, and now she just feels nothing. And you think, God, the thought of that is so depressing. But then at the same time, you can't wait to get to that point because you're like, you'll probably have someone, hopefully, or if that's what you want, and, you know, it won't hurt you anymore. But then you just don't want to forget all the special little things like, you know, rolling around in bed on a Sunday and having it like pissing yourself laughing and stuff you know you don't want to forget all that stuff
1: yeah completely I mean mm. I suppose people say your first love you never fully get over it mm. it'd be so funny like if I do like oh god that's so depressing when I fall in love again I'll be like having to erase <laughs> all this evidence on the internet of me being like yeah I'll probably never go over it <laughs> I mean, and you've
0: got this book here on your bedside table and you yeah. just like what's be like, what's that about? And you'll be like, uh, I don't yeah,
1: know. I can tell you it doesn't go down brilliant when you're trying to chat men up.
0: Oh, my God. Well, having a dating podcast doesn't do that well either. So yeah. we're in Sorry. the same boat. Um, so that was sort of some of the best stuff about writing the book. What was the hardest mm. part about writing the book? You know, I mean, the obvious is you're reliving trauma.
1: But- yeah. Well, it's weird actually. Like um, I kind of wrote. I did write it a lot as it was happening like it does I think the reason it really? feels yeah like I think the reason why it feels so raw is because like mm. it really was a lot of it I it was like you know a couple of days ago or whatever but yeah. like um I mean some bits I had like a lot of time but um in that way it was kind of nice because it was like as I said earlier just like helped me kind of understand my feelings as they were happening yeah um I did, I did get concerned sometimes at points where I'd read things from other writers where they spoke about, like, how they tried to write something about something bad they'd experienced in there. Like, an editor was like, oh, you're way too close to the text. Like, it's a bit too emotional. You need more, like, oh. you need more time to, you know, more space from it so you can look at it in a more, like, analytical way and yeah. stuff. But, like, um, I think it was, like, um, I was listening to a podcast that Carmen Maria, you know, who wrote... Um, in the dream house
0: oh no but i'm going to read it i love it was a such a good book yeah. i was reading
1: her because she was talking about and saying um that she pitched an article so like the new yorker mm-hmm. or something and they were like you just feel way too near to this abusive relationship she was in but then it's like i kind of like that it does feel like that and i feel like yeah. if i was going through i mean you know different things for different writers but i i like that it feels like that and i think like if i was going through a breakup that kind of immediately would help it because yeah and I could almost hard, feel yeah. sometimes, like, as I was going through the book, like, oh, God, I'm I'm feeling better. I'm healing from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a weird thing, though. When I would, like, go back to write certain sections, it was quite easy, even if there had been a few months from certain bits, yeah. to slip back into exactly how I was feeling in that time to yep. the point where it'd be kind of weird, where, like, if I was writing a bit about, like, me being angry, I would suddenly become, like,
0: so yeah. enraged
1: when <laughs> <laughs> I was writing it. Or, like, um, you know, jealous. I'd suddenly feel jealous in it. And, like, if I didn't – if that didn't happen, because it did make it a lot easier to write doing that, I would – it was quite easy to, like, sort of look at old messages or, like, pictures and stuff and get back to that point, like – um, I think I, like, I remember going on, like, a jog once and, like, putting Lana Del Rey, um, Norman fucking Rockwell on because uh, it just took me back to a lot of feelings I was having at one point. Yeah. And then it was like I was right back there and then it, it did come out again really easily.
0: Oh yeah, there are times, and you think that you're completely fine. That's the thing with a breakup. It goes from sad every day to sad every few days, maybe sad once a week, and then the gaps get longer and longer. And then after, like, you know, you might be fine for a month, and then something will happen, like you'll see them on Instagram or it'll come out and or you've had a few drinks and, you know, you start looking at old texts and you're like, whoa, this is such a powerful feeling of like shame or anger or, you know, just emotion. Ooh. And you're like, how is this happening? It's been like three months since I last gave a shit yeah. and it's just back again.
1: Completely. Like that's something I definitely like, I kind of put in the book a bit about that because my mm. friend... Diora I remember being really frustrated because I'd um I can't remember now what it was that had sort of set me back I think it was like seeing him with someone new mm. um yeah I was yeah seeing him with someone new and I was like but it'd been so long yeah and I was like I can't believe I feel shit about this again and I'm crying yeah and then she was just like you know progress is it's not li- like um grieving it's not linear and like Just because you feel bad now, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're all the way back. It's just that you're going to have these like ups and downs. It's like a squiggle. And then you're sort of working your way through the squiggle. (laughs) Yeah. It's
0: so weird that we're talking about this now because I was at this squat rave in Dalston on Saturday, which was tragic, but it was really fun. And I, I know that one of my exes from years ago, I've seen his hinge since we've broken up and it says on his hinge, like message me or ask me out if you want to go to a squat rave. And then in the smokers, Guess who's fucking there on the weekend? And I was, I haven't seen him. Were you like, I manifested it. (laughs) Literally, I was like, what am I even doing here? I don't, I'm not even a rave kind of gal. Like, I just went because my housemates had my house, my neighbors had a party and we all walked there. And Mm. literally, I was in the smokers. I was like, I'm not giving him the satisfaction of looking at him, but I could feel his eyes burning a hole into the side (laughs) of my head. I was like, I'm not fucking speaking to you. But yeah, so weird. But now, and then I was like looking through our old messages and that. It's been three years, Annie.
1: It's too long (laughs) that's so funny no did you do you know what the actual worst feeling is I don't know why it's so bad but like going out and thinking you're gonna see um someone not even to get with them but see them to look hot and make them jealous and you built your entire evening around like them being there and like working your Mm -hmm. way up and like feeling confident and like getting a really good outfit and they don't turn up it's like the most crushing feeling
0: honestly even if it's like a party or something and you think that they might have mutual friends and they might go and you don't sometimes you might just be in their area like I was in I was in Peckham the other day and there's this boy who I used to fancy who lives in Peckham and I was like oh, maybe I'll say Peckham is huge like he's not gonna be exactly where I am in Peckham and then I was like you're an idiot like he's not gonna be there but then it's like you do think what if, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's yeah. so difficult isn't it? And then I do feel like I, it's weird. I don't know what the universe is doing, but I've I've bumped into my ex like yeah. so many times in my life, like probably yeah. like five times, and I'm like, "Oh my god." I don't I've, yeah, like, it's weird, isn't it? I've never bumped bumped into people, and it's like yeah. he doesn't even live near me anymore. I bumped into him the other day. So yeah. weird.
0: It's a London thing. Like it happens, and there's nine million people here. But then someone that you hate or someone that you you fancy will get on your tube, like tube carriage. And it's weird, isn't it? I
1: never bump into a friend. It's always him. And it's like I wonder if it's because like the universe is weird and it wants you to do that to you, or like whether. It's because mm-hmm. you're all sort of subconsciously looking for them more or what it is. But.
0: Yeah. Do you know what someone said to me once that like I, I'm I'm not like a horoscope girl, I'm not Ooh. like a spiritual girl or anything, but someone once said coincidences are just patterns that we don't see and I was like, whoa, it's like maybe there's something like some pattern, something, somewhere that no one really knows what it is because coincidences are too weird to just be a chance you know yeah yeah I agree but I don't know where the patterns are it's probably some fourth dimension shit I don't know but <laughs> <laughs> anyway um I want to know this is a, tr- a tricky question and you don't have to answer it if it if it is difficult but what did your ex say about the book and ha- how did he find out you were writing this book
1: yeah well he he's kind of already used to me like writing about him <laughs> even when we were going out and stuff um and like yeah he did like he knew it was happening and things like that I'm, yeah, I'm just so grateful that he let me do it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing. But, like, there was something, I think, as well, in, like, getting over the breakup in writing it, where it's, like, it didn't feel like this at the end, but definitely in the beginning. Like, because it kind of grew out of, like, you know when you go a bit mad and you, like, start writing, like, a love letter to get them back? Well, not even to get them back, but just, like, you do that. I feel like it's such a cliche thing where someone's, like, I'm going to write them a letter. And I wrote this, like, slightly deranged, like, 3,000-word love letter. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of it was like, you know, just like memories of us going out and like, um, you know, in jokes and stuff like that. And I kind of guess I was kind of sending it knowing it wouldn't like make him want me back. But just like as a kind of testament to what had happened, That it wouldn't, you know, like as we were saying earlier, like the idea of forgetting all the good things is so painful. And I yeah. think writing them down made me feel a bit like it was a bit easier to let go knowing there was like it, they were there somewhere. And it's then, written
0: down somewhere, yeah. And it's more, per,
1: it's permanent. Yeah. And then the book kind of grew out of that. As I mean, the love letter was like a bit confusing and <laughs> <laughs> a bit crazy. emotional. Yeah. So, like the book <laughs> yeah. obviously, but yeah, it, it did begin out of me unpiecing all those memories mm. and stuff. And like it, there's something that makes me feel so nice that there is like the, this book, like a testament to what we had that's like mm-hmm. physical and it's there yeah. and like I just think it's really nice and when I did bump into him the other day I was like it was actually a really annoying time to bump into him because I just um I was it wasn't a bad like I had like no makeup on but it was like quite a nice no makeup day like my skin was good I'd washed yeah. my hair so you yeah. know but like um I was going to the gym and I was a bit like you know you kind of want to be wearing like knee boots and like a tiny little yeah. dress when you see right so it wasn't like ideal <laughs> knee I was boots. Like, oh, hey.
0: So specific. <laughs> so specific. Yeah.
1: Um Yeah, I bumped into him and then we were just chatting and um he was like, Oh, um, it was really nice and said that he'd read over it again and that it made him really smile. Which was so he, really nice. he's
0: so he has read it then?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's read it. Oh, um, we yeah. didn't really talk about it much, but he just was like, Oh, it's really nice. Um yeah, and then I saw him good. again when I came out the gym, which was Really annoying because that time I was like super sweat. I get like drenched in sweat if I do any exercise and like bright red. And then I had like these two huge asda bags. Oh um, god! Shops and that one was like, (laughs) bam! The universe wasn't my friend that time. (laughs)
0: Well, what is it? Like yin and yang. Maybe you got a good one when you looked nice before and then you have to have a bad one to balance it out. Yeah. This podcast is becoming weirdly spiritual today and I'm literally I know. this kind of person. I'm so not a spiritual
1: person. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I love it. Um, A bit off track from the book, what do you mm. love doing apart from writing? Do
1: you know what? Like it's it's actually so embarrassing. I never talk about it, Like I'm such a gym addict now. Really? <laughs> you know That's when something's good. like so not in your like personal brand? Because I feel like yeah. I'm a bit, like, because yeah, I feel like I'm a bit messy and, like, love partying and stuff. Like, I would be so yeah. embarrassed if people knew how much time I spend in the gym now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, I go, I've I've gotten into, like, I think since lockdown. Yeah, mm. since, I used to just go to, like, hit classes. But then yeah. since lockdown, I started going to, like, um, you know, like, doing weight, like, squats and, like, weightlifting and stuff. Mm. Not, like, to oh compete, but, like, just lifting heavier weights. Um, Who are you?
0: Because there was, amazing. like, during the
1: pandemic, there was this guy it was like he'd set up like a gym. It was like a PT at the gym I go to. And he'd set up in like a marquee, like a gym. And you could pay eight quid to go. Oh, uh, like virtually? No, like he would, you could just go to like, he would literally had all the weights like in a marquee. Oh, and he could just wow. pay to like rent it. That's um, so
0: fun. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't <laughs> know <laughs> how he got do. away with it, like the whole pandemic. But I used to go, yeah. I went to there a bit because like obviously there was like all the weights and stuff and I just got more into it and then I basically was like oh my god hit classes are way too tiring
0: I mean it's so good for your mental health isn't it? I feel like every time
1: I do yeah. like some exercise it's like a drug so much but then sometimes I'm like feel like it's a bit like almost bad because I'm like I can be in a terrible mood go to the gym come back and feel amazing and obviously mm-hmm. that is good because it's like a healthy way of dealing mm-hmm. with things but you know you're like it almost feels like you gas it yourself into feeling okay. Like, it's so powerful how good exercising feels. But, like, yeah. I don't know, you could be so depressed about something and then be like,
0: yeah. It's <laughs> concerning as well when you think of times that you've not exercised and you're like, is that just my my normal state of being is totally yeah. depressed? Like, how how scary? So much.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, apart from the gym, what else do I love? I don't know. I, I, I really like, um I'll say basic, but, like, just see friends i feel like i'm a very social person but i really need to like charge up to do it though like i i can feel really burnt out if i've like spent too much time around people and like i now i live with like um my two flatmates at the minute i get on with them so well but it's almost like that means i'm never in my room i'm yeah. always just like hanging out and then i don't really notice it but like i'll start to feel like exhausted and like grumpy but i just yeah. want to hang out with them cuz they're so fun yeah but I do need to like shut my door and be like Shh. me time
0: me time yeah. sometimes yeah I feel like I'm the same because if they're home it feels rude to go in your room and shut the door so you have to be mm. like and then you have to text and be like I'm in my room with the door shut like <laughs> so they don't think you're mad or something
1: yeah completely it's like it's weird to draw that it's like you have to draw a boundary but you don't want it. it's almost like it's the same when you're in a relationship as well isn't it where you you really get on with someone and you can tell that you're like way too under each other's skin and you need Mm. to have a night or a couple of nights on your own. Yeah. But doing it feels, like, so painful and, like, ugh. Yeah. But then as soon as you've done it, you're like, oh, like, that wasn't – It's like when, when they
0: go on holiday for a week and it's actually pathetic how much you miss them. You're like, I'm yeah. useless.
1: And then when oh, they come back, God, it's yeah. so
0: exciting. And you, like, want to go to Heathrow and stuff, but you're like, no, that's so cringe.
1: Yeah. It's funny, actually. <laughs> I remember, like, going on a um, going on one of those, like, girls' holidays, like when school finished, we all went to Zanti. And I'd always been the only single one, like the whole of school. And like, um, I just remember getting, like, being so excited to like, go and snog boys, and like, yeah. and like, literally all my friends in the first like two hours were just like sobbing because they missed their boyfriend oh. so much. And it was just like, come on, guys! Like, this is my only. But it's also so funny because like I was talking with them friends because we're still like best friends, and they were, like, oh, it's so funny now. I'd be like thrilled to have like a week away from my boyfriend. But I'd love it when yeah. you're eighteen. Everyone's so like when they have like. Your first love or whatever. Everyone's so dependent on them, aren't they?
0: Yeah, that's so true. And, like, yeah, I mean, now it's the same. Isn't it kind of sad, though, that, like, everyone now would love a, love a break? It's like that idea mm. how all the old blokes at the pub are, like, sitting around going, oh, like, so good to have time away from the missus. and yeah. that but then they get back home and they're probably just, like, totally whipped.
1: <laughs> yeah. so much <laughs> I, I guess like I think I think when you fall in love the first time from what I've heard like you do mm-hmm. sort of throw yourself into it in a way that you don't like the second time because like I feel like I'm almost glad that I've loved like that intensely but I don't mm-hmm. think it made me that happy and I don't want to do it again
0: but like yeah. it's nice
1: to have it like two peas in a pod like partners mm-hmm. in crime in mm-hmm. each other's pockets sort of thing but
0: yeah you feel reluctant when you get hurt to do to do it again just because you're almost, when you're going through a heartbreak, you're almost like, was this worth it? Like is mm. the, was the high as as low as the low, you know? Like is it yeah. worth doing it again? And I think now that I'm like happily single and just enjoy meeting new people, going on dates and all those things, I'm like the most special person would make me give this up. Like they would have to be perfect because I'm so, I'm just thriving. I'm like if some, like I'm not going to just become not single for some mediocre person, you know? Yeah.
1: That's so yeah. nice. Actually, I was speaking to a friend um, the other day and she was um, had seen her partner for the first time since they'd broken mm. up. Oh, really? And she was like, she said something and I was like, God, that's just like so beautiful and nice. He was like, she was like, oh, I saw him and he looked really handsome, but it just kind of made me think like, it didn't make me think, oh, like what a loss. She was like, it just made yeah. me think like, my next boyfriend has to be really <laughs> fucking handsome as well. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and that, that, yeah, like, cause I think, you shouldn't then go down like my ex was great which means when I go out with someone again they need to be great as well or greater Mm -hmm. um it's not like it shouldn't be like I've lost that because you can get that again like you don't want to settle
0: yeah no that's so nice and I wanted to get into a bit of a discussion about the book itself so Mm. there are so many relatable feelings that you've articulated really well I think and it's not like any other book I've read because you do speak about cliches in the book and not wanting to have the same experience as everyone else, which I think is such a relatable thing to say. But there are some things in there and they feel like cliches because they were so relatable that I was like, that was lifted from my brain. <laughs> like, Oh, I love how, that. <laughs> yeah, like how else would you have known that? And like, um, so I'll go through them and I just mm. would love to know more of your thought process on those. But Um, the first one was not wanting to tell your parents about the breakup in case that your ex changes their mind and then you have to reintroduce them into your life. Because (laughs) I did this when my ex from years ago cheated and then I told my parents and I was obviously devastated in that. And then Mm. I took him back and then everyone thinks that you're a fucking idiot and they don't want to be like, that's a bad idea. So they're like, well, it's your life. And you're like, no. And then obviously he did cheat on me again. So... (laughs) <laughs> they were right, but that idea of not wanting to tell them was was really universal. So I'd love to yeah. hear more about that.
1: I mean, for me as well, it just kind of also just made it real. Do you know what I mean? Like, as soon as you yeah. s- said this has happened, it's like yeah, it just confirms it, and that's really horrible. But I guess there's also a part of it. Like, I try really hard with friends and stuff when they talk about like shitty things guys have done or something to like not. to also say you know when you're talking to a friend and you know the advice you're giving they're not going to follow it, and they're going to do ultimately whatever they want like I always make it clear I'm like I know you're going to do that and I'll still be here like here if you do it and I'm like always as well like saying I'd probably do that as well like I'd go back to them or I understand like it's so intense when you love someone and just Mm -hmm. so they know like you're still there to talk about it even and they're not embarrassed if they go back because I feel like that can even be like so much more isolating and really if you want the person to like change you like having a go at them for what they've done or like whatever just doesn't it just doesn't work and I like put like a ban on my parents like being rude about um (laughs) not being rude but like saying anything like critical about my ex because like you just don't want to hear it do you um yeah but almost the point now where like my mum will still be like oh I mean I don't want to like um you know and I'm like no mum you can bitch about him now it's fine (laughs) yeah like I'm not to be honest my parents still really really like him so it's not ever really been a thing but yeah I just was so clear like don't bother bad mouthing him I won't appreciate it
0: yeah and it doesn't make me feel good if anything it makes me feel like you you think I have bad judgment or something or when people say stuff like oh I never liked them anyway it's like (laughs) what the fuck like we went out for so long and you hated him this whole time that just makes me feel stupid
1: I think as well, it's like you're still so in love with them. So you, mm. like, you haven't, you're still really defensive of them and like the sort of way you are with like siblings or whatever. It's like, don't say yeah. it. Like, I, only I can say that. And so yeah. it yeah. doesn't just makes you go into like fight mode
0: yeah literally and, and then you start thinking about all the good stuff and you want to defend yeah them. and then you're like, like you're like wait no yeah <laughs> what a bad cycle um the next one was knowing that they kept the plan to break up with you as a secret and just the idea <laughs> of that is so hurtful because mm. this also sort of happened with my more recent boyfriend last year is that um like two weeks before he broke up with me I was with his housemates and one of their one of them dumped their boyfriend and I was saying oh god I hope my ex never you know feels that way about me but it doesn't tell me and I saw all of his housemates like look at each other and like didn't say anything and I I was like I clocked it and I was like that's so weird and then two weeks later he sent me this text and was like oh you know let's have a talk and he came down from Leeds and broke up with me and then I was thinking like did your whole house know and he was like yeah I've been talking to them about it I'm like and that is so hurtful just the things that he was telling yeah. random people he just moved in with all about this. And I was like,
1: fuck you. Yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because, like, there's so many things that are just confusing as well because it's like you do kind of on one hand understand why, like, no one just decides to break up with someone in a day and then goes and does it. Like, of course, yeah. it's something that people think about, but it's like these things are still so hurtful, even if they've not really done anything wrong like yeah. and i think you like have to make it it's so hard when someone decides they don't want to be with you anymore that's the mm-hmm. like, the hurtful bit yeah but i think because you can't get annoyed at that like everyone's free to make that decision and leave whenever they want you kind of find ways of being angry about like all these other things like and you find them like i in the book like i i write about like i just got so so angry about how he hadn't come and collected his stuff yet yeah. because that was something even though it wasn't that annoying it was all in a like drawer under the stairs I couldn't even see it and yeah. like, he'd already paid for like a month of rent when we both were paying it so like he wasn't if anything he like was owed to have stuff there yeah and, like all this yeah. stuff but I like yeah. I just needed something to be furious about because I couldn't be furious about the fact that he'd left me and that is just so horrible but <laughs> like, you kind of want them to have done something really fucked up so you can like so you can hate them. I mean, yeah. even, with,
0: even with cheating though, then I guess if, I think like the worst thing they could do is is cheat. But then when mm. that's happened and you're still really mad, but you still do feel the same, but then you feel guilty if you, you feel guilty for feeling the same, which I think mm. is maybe worse. Cause you're like, you know, you're heartbroken, but then you, you can't believe that you still love them when they've done something so bad. Right. Yeah. But yeah. The next one I had was this quote, and this was so nice. And I don't Ooh. know if I don't know if it's come from another source of inspiration or have come from your brain, but it was just because you know the name of a flower doesn't mean you understand what it is to be one. And it was the idea that people say or you're saying oh I got broken up with or oh I'm heartbroken whatever and that just on the surface level means they think oh she must be really sad but like trying to describe how you feel that you're drowning and you feel sick and your tummy hurts and your brain hurts and you know encapsulating that into one word of heartbreak is just so pointless because it's so much bigger than that but yeah I loved that quote and what what, yeah what inspired that
1: for you. Yeah I guess just those exact like feelings that you were just saying like it just doesn't like words just start falling short don't they when you're in like Mm -hmm. a pain that intense and but that's also something when I was writing the book I really wanted to like try and do as well because like um so many books I'd read about grief and heartbreak like tend to begin like way after the fact of it I mean it's different because this is with grief but I'm just meaning like something where someone's in a lot of pain like they they'll begin like when they sort of awake up from a haze of just sat crying in bed all for two weeks or mm-hmm. whatever like um and I kind of wanted to try and write something that went through went through all that immediate pain as well and tried to put it into words and I guess because it's so impossible to put into words I kind of instead spoke about how you can't put it into words but I it was definitely something I wanted to address rather than it, than it just skipping past that stuff yeah I wanted to write something when they were like feeling like that people could read and then feel like really seen.
0: Yeah, that was another thing I was going to say is who do you hope reads it? So what kind of person do you hope will read the book?
1: Oh, it's been so nice. Like I get really really cute messages from people um, saying it made them cry and like um, it really helped them get over something. Or like I've had quite a lot of people be like, I was going to see this really shitty guy yesterday, but I didn't go because I read the book it's like, actually I was on the tube the other day and I, this woman came up to me and she was like said she just read it yesterday and she was like oh my god and I was like oh and then we were walking together because we were going the same way and we were chatting and then she was like um I was like oh what are you doing tonight and then she was like oh, I'm going around to this guy's house he's really toxic she was like oh you must be like she thought basically I would judge her for doing that oh god and I was like no <laughs> you go to the toxic man <laughs> um oh, that's really cool yeah Yeah, I I just—it's been really nice knowing that it's actually got like, as well as people just reading it to like Mm. enjoy the story, that it also has like helped in quite a practical way. Because when I was Mm. going through the breakup, I was struggling with the fact I couldn't really read anything that kind of summed up what I was going through or felt like that. Like, there was so much music that I was like listening to and being like, "Oh my god!" Like, you know, when you just hear a lyric for the first time, almost, and you're like. That's exactly what I'm going through. Like I kind of wanted to write something that would like do that for people. And like it sounds like a lot of people are saying it has. So that's been really nice.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And I think that is so true that there's not much. And especially you want to read stuff from people like you. Like you want to read something from someone in their like 20s or 30s living in London who's been through this breakup. You want someone to to embody you and tell you it's going to be okay because they're okay now. Mm -hmm. When I had my breakup, I went... Uh, and listen to a lot of Elizabeth Day's "How to Fail" and like hearing Ooh. how other people were failing at stuff. It made me feel it made me feel like I had a friend. Then some of them I purposely chose the ones where people spoke about failed relationships, and I was Ooh. like, "This is actually so helpful because they're just people similar to me." So yeah, I think it is a really cool tool. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one I wanted to chat through was the self blame phase where you think about all of the little things that you did, that you wish you could have changed. And like you cringe at the thought that you did this stuff. So like if you shouted at them one time a year before and you're like, why did I do that? Like (laughs) that's probably what started all of this. But you can't do that stuff because you can't change anything. And also it just makes you feel responsible, which, you know, people change their minds sometimes and that's just life. But I thought that was a cool inclusion as well.
1: I think it's like as well just like remembering that there's no like one thing that you would have done that would have made the relationship happen you and that person become so mushed up together it's not anyone's fault it's like you know you might cringe about nag you know I was constantly thinking about how I was like nagging him about like the house Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then then it's like now I look back and I'm like he wouldn't nagging about the house because he wasn't doing enough in the house. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, maybe there would have been a better way of dealing it, but it's not like one thing you know snapped. It's like it's thousands of different ways mm-hmm. in which it said it turned into something that wasn't right anymore. And it's just you can't just blame you. I feel like when with breakups, I feel like you you begin mm. off blaming yourself, mm. and then you start blaming them, and then you kind of just realize it was just both of you and yeah. the universe and. Oh, God, back to spirituality. <laughs> uh, but yeah,
0: it's so – like, relationships and emotions are so complicated and there's so much to them and so many outside influences as well. And, you know, how can you pinpoint one thing when it's just a constantly moving, like, organic thing? You know, like you said, there's just hundreds of things that go in, like, little – even little things. Like, sometimes you might look at the way that they're positioning their feet and you're like, oh, that's that's weird. Yeah, and completely. You know? <laughs> the next one was the idea that we want our relationships to be different like our relationship was different Ooh. our relationship was special and you want your heartbreak to be just as profound and just as different and just as like you just can't believe and this was something I felt you can't believe that anyone has ever felt this bad in their life and you're like yours was diff yours wasn't as bad as this but it probably is exactly the same for a lot of mm-hmm. people you know
1: yeah completely like I, th- I feel like so- some people get like um that makes them feel a lot less alone but for me mm. I was just could not believe that like it was so hurtful to me to think that mm. this was just what everyone went through and because you can almost cope with it thinking it's special and unique and beautiful like this mm. this pain because there is something almost romantic in like unrequired love or pining after someone but then mm-hmm when you realise it's not it's something so many people go through it really it's just horrible to think about.
0: Yeah, it's it's black and white. Like there's good and bad in it. 'Cause yeah, yeah. like you said, you can feel like comfort in that as well. But
1: yeah, yeah, completely. Um, but then I also think like, why not let yourself think that it was like perfect and unique and completely different to everyone else Join you know me? Mean? Like no one does know what you and that person shared. Like you can try and say Like I, when I'm like talking to friends in breakups, I do, I am very aware of and cautious about being like, oh yeah, me and my ex and like, oh yeah, this and that, like, because I don't want to make them feel like that. And Mm. like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if, sorry, I don't want to keep like talking about myself here, but like, and then sort of check in on whether it's annoying or not.
0: Yeah, there is nothing worse than when you are speaking to someone and then they just relate every experience back to something that happened to them. I'm so guilty oh, of it. I completely. do it all the time. But and it's some it's some people's way of empathizing and showing that they're feeling empathy because they're like, oh, well, that happened to me too. I did that too. But then it's also at the same time like, shut up and just let me be annoyed or sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah, about definitely. you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think as well, I do it in like situations like it's I think it's most annoying when you're doing something that you just can't relate to. Like, say if a friend was like talking about like I don't know, like not having much money growing up or something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, well, like I don't get it, but like I kinda get it with it. It's like you don't yeah. get it. <laughs> it's like you think in doing that you're really helping that person feel that you're with them. But it's like yeah. but all they're thinking is you're not with me. You don't get Yeah,
0: it. yeah, yeah. It has the opposite effect. Yeah. The next one I wanted to chat about was and this was this was so oh. I just love the book okay it was really good but this one was like (laughs) it was trying to do normal things and when you go out like with your parents for dinner or you go to the football with some mates or you go out for like girls drinks or something like my breakup was just when lockdown ended and I feel like looking back he purposely did that so that I wouldn't have to sit in the house and cry so which is fucked up but nice (laughs) but anyway it's when you're trying to do normal things and it actually makes you feel worse because it feels mm. like someone is shouting in your face. Look at me while I'm talking to you when you're trying to ignore them, but you feel this like this grief like demon on your back that's just being like when you get home we get to be sad again. Like it's <laughs> just so scary yeah. and fucked up. But yeah, I thought you articulated that really well as, as well too. Oh,
1: thank you. Yeah, I think like You just kind of have to listen to yourself, don't you? Like, if you want to sit and wallow, I think you need to let yourself sit and wallow. But at the same Mm. time, like, you know, certain people I feel like feel guilty because they're like, they want to go out and party or something. Mm. And it's like, I think you can just listen to how you feel. But Mm. yeah, I definitely like went through so many things where my parents would take me to to the cinema or something to cheer me up. And I was just like, I wasn't there. I felt like a sim or like, I was like, like not actually- (laughs) Like a sim- (laughs) like I'd been placed there but I was completely somewhere else I was at home crying and like they'd be talking to me and I just like wasn't present at all just like no even with
0: work like having stupid because I was it was still when we're working from home all the time which is also now but I would get on work calls and like you've got clients yelling at you and like just having unreasonable demands and stuff and I'm just like I don't give a shit Karen, like I yeah, don't care right now, and you just—I'm <laughs> in a know different with system. Me. Literally, I'm in outer yeah. space right now. You can shout at me all you want; it's going over my head. You do you. <laughs> <laughs> the next, or the last one that I wanted to chat with was, and I wanted your advice as well on this one for people listening: is the idea that you can let yourself imagine getting back with them in two years' time as a way to ease the pain, and this is something that. I definitely did. And um, a friend said to me at the time, um, when the universe, universe again, when the universe (laughs) feels like it's saying no, it's either saying not right now or something better is coming. And so it was like you were allowed to believe, you know, in two years, you might get back with your ex because that gives you the comfort of thinking it might happen. But when it gets to two years down the line, you won't care. So it's sort of an easy way to to ease the pain but I was wondering what were the main things that helped you to get through it and what advice would you have for listeners on easing their pain and a heartbreak
1: yeah I mean to be I do think it's just one of those like annoying things where it literally is just time yeah like, I don't think there's any thing you can do and there, well the, I think there are like obvious things you can do like block them I mean to be honest, that's it, isn't it? Just reduce don't don't look at them, allow yourself to cry, feel your feelings, call in all the favours with friends, like like cry to them until they're bored. Like yeah use up all your friend points. But like, yeah. I also think like as one thing that I found helped is like not like when you do things wrong when you do ring them and you're drunk and you stalk their mm-hmm. Instagram or seat with mm-hmm. them and stuff like that like don't get annoyed at yourself either for when you do do those things because it's like they mm-hmm. also think they're kind of part of the process like it's very rare that people are strong enough to just completely block someone and though that yeah. might like speed up the process of the breakup like I don't know not many people have that self-restraint and like yeah also sometimes you end up doing things and they do help and even though you wouldn't expect it to, like, I definitely found, like, sleeping with him after we broke up, like, did help because I think it just mm. allowed me to have a bit of closure almost. And, like, I could yeah. kind of, like, sleeping with him and seeing that he was still in love with me, it just wasn't right. Like, mm. meant I could let go a little bit more.
0: Yeah, because it's not, like, total rejection. I think the worst part yeah. about breakups is the re- the feeling of being rejected and not being good enough and there's just nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And you're just – you're feeling quite helpless. But when – they reach out to you or you get like an I miss you text or something like that. It sort of validates those feelings and you know that they haven't turned into some alien that has no feelings for you and, you know, you had a terrible, terrible judgment or something because it humanizes them again and you're like, oh, they're not that special.
1: I am. Yeah, completely. So, yeah, just embrace the messiness. You'll probably make loads of mistakes and just don't beat yourself up about them, Um, I would say as well.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was really fun. Oh, no, thank
1: you for having me. That was so fun.
0: And thank you for letting me fangirl because the book (laughs) is fucking amazing. So I will put a link in the episode description for everyone
1: listening. But yeah.
0: Um, And where can people find you on social media? Uh,
1: My Instagram's like at Annie Lord 8. I actually think my Twitter is as well. There's no specialness of the number 8. I think it was just like, you know, when you sign up and then it was like the only... Um you know that's my lucky number it was that's oh, my it? lucky number
0: yeah it's my basketball number when i was in school and i was in Fiji once and they did frog racing and my frog was number 8 <laughs> just picked cute. it yeah really well, cute but, the universe right. again <laughs> oh my god don't i'm going to have to change the name of this podcast to something spiritual <laughs> love it thank you again
1: No, thank
0: you. I hope you enjoyed my chat with the wonderful Annie Lord. Please let me know on my Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever. I'm everywhere. If you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share and get in touch with me through my website, it's madsworld.co. Love and elbow taps. Peace.